Good morning, guys. Morgan Tioka here from the Challenge Her podcast. I'm just going to be interviewing one of my really dear friends today, Rebecca Olson. She's also a singer-songwriter from Innocent Eve. Beck and I met through HPE teaching at our old school, Redcliffe State High School, and since then have created a really great friendship. And she's overcome a lot of adversity, so I thought it would be a great conversation starter for us today. So I've given her a call and I'd like you to hear what she has to say. I'm Morgan Tioka. This is the Challenge Her podcast. This is the Challenge Her podcast. Hey, mate. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you going? That's good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You're uh, coming through the the roadcaster very clearly. <laughs> That's good. So you can hear me okay. Yeah, you sound awesome. How you been? Yeah, I've been good. Um, just been a bit unwell lately. Actually, been picking up. I've just picked up colds and flu. But I guess my immune system is just maxed out right now. Yeah. Especially but coming off the yeah, yeah three day festival. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I was really sensible. I went to bed and didn't drink or anything. But um, yeah, just I'm just coughing it at the moment. Yeah, I bet. I know, and it, yeah. I guess everyone in lockdown too. <laughs> everyone's getting sick things are like getting weird and (laughs) but I just wanted can you just give I guess everyone just like a little five minute script on who you are and sort of where you've come from I mean you can just shed light on anything really there's no specific structure or plan it's just for us to have a really good conversation a bit of a genuine chat for people to get to know you I, I know Morgie because we taught together at Redcliffe High. We're both PE teachers. <laughs> but um, we come from pretty different worlds. So I'm from the country. I come from a little tiny town called Wallen in central Queensland, sort of an hour so from Rockhampton. And, um, yeah, so I come from a really rural background. Um, my family are all farmers and um, big family, six kids in my family and mum and dad and all my family is around us sort of area um but yeah I, I went and studied human movement science and became a high school PE teacher and um I've sort of done that on and off for like 20 years <laughs> um but in amongst all that I've always had a really big love of music so um yeah I've, I've always played music and probably in the last seven years or so one of my sisters and I um Rachel we've um started writing and recording and touring music with our duo called Innocent Eve. And, um, yeah, that's become a really big passion of mine, um, music. Um, yeah, I've kind of been trying to, a little bit of a, a curveball with that. I mean, we, we did achieve a lot of the stuff that we set out to do. We've, we've um, released our third album this year and um, we had pretty big plans for it, but, of course, or last year really, but COVID kind of yeah. pulled our touring schedule to pieces. But at the same time that COVID hit last year, um, I was diagnosed with cancer. So yeah, that's been that's sort of pulled us up for a little while. But yeah, just lately we've we've managed to do play some cool festivals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I mean the 
main purpose I got you on the show is because you've always had a huge influence on me and you, you probably don't realise it, um, but just in the way you sort of respond to adversity and how you sort of handle challenges and obstacles that you've had and I guess also the amount of knowledge that you've gained sort of over the years when you've had challenges, you've to- told me about all the different sort of books you've read or the people you've gone and seeked out for advice or mentors that you've stayed in contact with and I guess the the whole goal of the the platform of the podcast is just to create a really good space where women, uh, young girls, anyone really can sort of talk about some of their social struggles that they deal with on a daily basis and then also sort of talk about I guess a lot of our insecurities and our pressures that we put on ourselves and how to overcome them and I just thought you would be sort of the perfect person to talk to first because as a really close friend of mine like you've always been someone who's been able to give really great responses and good feedback when I've sort of had different obstacles and challenges in my life and so one of the yeah one of the main things I was sort of hoping you'd answer for me and for everyone listening is just what were some of the values that you've always stuck by um, throughout all of your challenges and things you've dealt with over the last few years? What have, what do you think, you know, your main values are that you try and sort of live by that you believe have helped you? Um, probably that just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it, it's not something that you should do. In fact, so many of the times that I've felt uncomfortable, it's because I'm, I'm approaching my comfort zone. Um, and I read a really long time ago that, that the magic happens just outside that comfort zone. So yeah. I guess I've become quite comfortable with being uncomfortable with a lot of the decisions I've made in my life, yeah. um, pursuing different things. And, you know, pursuing music was one of those. Yeah. I mean... I knew that's what something that I really loved. That like music, something that's always resonated so well with me. Um, mm. But the thought of actually playing something that I'd written to somebody else yeah. was really terrifying for me. Dealing you know, with, like, I, I don't know and with, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We're just worrying so much about what other people think. But um, you know, stepping beyond my comfort zone has always been a good idea. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you yeah. are very good at that, actually, to think about <laughs> some of the life decisions you've made and how quickly you can just put yourself out there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm an overly confident person. In fact, it's all of my report cards when I was in school was that, you know, Rebecca needs to trust her own judgment and she needs to learn to back herself. And, you know, it was oh, really? always that kind of – Yeah, and – it probably wasn't until I was, you know, really a bit older that I realised, you know, you know, I, I, I can back myself and it's okay to fail. I probably had a fair bit of perfectionism running through me where I, I wouldn't try in case I got it wrong. Yeah. Um, but I've learned over and over and over again that, you know, there is no failing. There is learning. That's what happens. Yeah, that's so true. How do you do, yeah. how do you deal like with the, obviously being in a public space with all of your music, how do you deal with the the criticism? Like I know it mostly would be more internal, but 
How do you respond to criticism? Like, how do you handle that? Um, well, I, I, like you said, I have read a lot of stuff. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I read a long time ago is that you can be the, the, the biggest, juiciest peach on the tree. And some people just don't like peaches. Yeah, that's so true. You know, and yeah, and that's okay. I don't mind. I don't, I don't need to be everyone's cup of tea. That's fine. As long as I feel like what I'm doing is something that I really feel is worthwhile, then that's okay. That's all I need to do. And if people don't respond to it the way I would like them to or would hope them to, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. And I think, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't really, without sounding like arrogant, we don't really cop criticism as such. Because we're just out there doing our thing and if people don't want to hear it, then don't hear it. That's, that's okay. We don't really have any any haters, I don't think, as such. Yep. But um, the biggest challenge is, is our own internal one and that is, oh, I wonder if they like it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that, that really doesn't matter. It yep. just doesn't matter. I have a, another question for you. I know I haven't prepped Beck just FYI to everyone. I've just sort of <laughs> gotten you on. We're meant to have a bit of a genuine conversation. But one of the questions that I wanted to ask was if you – so Glenn asked me this in my very first podcast with him and he said if you could go back to your 13, 14-year-old self or to you when you're at your most vulnerable as a child or as a teen – what feedback or what advice would you give them now? I would say, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I mean, I was just riddled with doubt, you know. I just never thought I was, I could. I can't do that or I'm not good enough to do that yeah. or, you know, all of this fear-based stuff. Mm. Um, and if I could just go back and tell little Beck, you know, yeah, you can. You got everything you need in you to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and don't compare. There's just, you know, we're not competing against anybody. Don't compare. You are you and that is that is all you need to be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what, just to sort of go back, I don't want to obviously talk about it unless you're happy to but I did want to discuss I guess some of the barriers and challenges that you've dealt with in the last few years because I want everyone around us to have a bit of perspective on what you know what problems actually look like or what some serious obstacles actually look like um, rather than thinking you know a three-day lockdown is a hard gig to be in for Mm -hmm. some people Um, But I just sort of, if you can sort of shed some light on sort of the challenges you've had to deal with in the last few years that have just gone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, at the outset, I will say that everyone's issues um, are still real and valid, regardless of how big somebody else's is. Because even before I was dealing with, you know, serious health issues, I felt like my problems were like the biggest thing going on in the world. and, you know, compared to what I'm dealing with now, they weren't. But, you know. At the time, yeah. In, 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 in your shoes at any given point, everyone, whatever anyone's dealing with is definitely um, a valid thing. But, yeah, just to probably the biggest challenges. So I've had, just, yeah, I'm happy to talk about any of it. But I'll, I'll just step you through it 
as she's at the time. Um, so I had thyroid cancer way back in 2013, which was really, I, I was under the impression that it was all pretty straightforward. You know, all the medicos said, you're going to have a cancer, thyroid cancer is the one to get because it's so treatable, you know. It generally doesn't do anything too, too wild. Um, yeah, but of course I, I was that one percenter <laughs> who had to get one that doesn't behave like normal cancer. Yep. So, so I just had the surgery and, and away I went and I had my routine checkups for several years after that and everything seemed perfect um, and I felt perfectly fine. Even before I had that um, happen, I felt totally fine. My thyroid function was fine. I just had cancer growing in it. But seven years on, January 2020, um, yeah, I just felt something strange in my neck. I actually felt like I'd swallowed a fish bone. Like there was just a bit of an obstruction in my throat when I swallowed. Um, yeah, so I just had a, I just had a feeling that, that it was that. And, um, yeah, and it turned out it was, it had metastasized and moved out of the thyroid bed and into my lymph glands and basically all through my neck. And, um, so in 2020, I had a few really major, um, neck surgeries and, and they were quite complex. You know, they were six, three hours each sort of thing and being a singer and a teacher um, to have my vocal um, capacity really seriously compromised was terrifying for me so the cancer had gone all around my main vocal nerve and um, having surgery in that region and in such close proximity to that nerve was really high risk and um, so the surgeons sort of laid it out pretty clearly for me you know at first priority is to, to get the cancer out and, and unfortunately our second priority is your, vo- yeah, your vocal. So um, yeah, so they said, you know, your voice may not return at all or it may return in some capacity. It's really hard to know at this stage but how did you, you know, that's where we're at. Yeah, how did you respond? Obviously that that's like just such a huge blow. Yeah, I was, I was really scared. Um, but at the same time, I, I mean, I learned it quite a while ago. I think that acceptance, so whenever you're not accepting of the way life is unfolding, you will suffer. Yeah. And so I knew that in order, see, I was doing a lot of mental prep before these surgeries because I, I didn't want to go in, you know, scared and anxious and, you know, not relaxed. Um, and I just had this sort of deep knowing that I have to be okay with whatever the outcome is yeah. or I'm just going to be a total mess yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't want to be. And I knew that my best chance of, you know, beating this and recovering was with, um, some kind of peace. Um, so yeah, I guess I just kind of, I mean, it didn't happen easily, but I really worked hard on getting okay with whatever the outcome would be. What, when you but say mental just, prep, what type of mental yeah. prep would you I do? Spent, I mean, well, you know me more, but I spend a fair bit of time on my own. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, do <laughs> you I love it. I love my solitude. Um, yeah, and just, just getting strong and just, I don't know, just a lot of time on my own and a lot of time – for those people who don't know my background, I, I'm out in the middle of nowhere on a, <laughs> on a huge property and there's just me and nature and there's something about that that really grounds me and settles me and just gives me some kind of a, 
you know, a, a yes, you can, you can do this. Yeah. And whatever life throws at you, you will, you will be okay. Um, but I was also really hopeful. I mean, without getting too preachy, I've, al- I've also always had, but really have developed a really good faith in my, in my God. And uh, I just trusted that, that, that he would get me through and whatever the outcome was, I'd be okay. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I guess how I handled that was getting okay with whatever the outcome is. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, that was a, it was a scary time, but, you know, I made it through that first surgery and it took a, a few days for my voice to come, but it did come back and that was that was a big relief. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and then only a few months after that I had to go and do it again. Um, and I knew what I was in for this time, which was a blessing and a curse. I knew how traumatic the surgery and the recovery is. But I also knew exactly what was ahead of me and I could prepare mentally for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that like I just – I think the lesson always from me when I get to hear sort of – I get to speak to you or hear sort of what you have to say, it's always about how you respond and your knowledge around how you're going to respond to some type of challenge because you always have a tendency to have – some not I guess positive but you definitely always have like a path or a way that you're like yep I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna do and this is how it's going to work out for me and you don't know what the outcome's gonna be but you know your how you're gonna respond to whatever's yeah. gonna happen yeah and that's I think too it's getting really clear on you know you have a good look at your own situation and you think you just work out draw a line down the middle and these are the things that I have no control over. Like yeah. I can't control what the surgeon's hand does. I can't control the result of that surgery. But the things I can control is my state of mind, my yeah, health, how, how much sleep I'm getting. Am I looking after my body in every way, every other way that I possibly can? So getting clear on what's in my control and what's not and then doing everything that you can to control and and I think that's what you're talking about there you you know having a pathway and knowing what you're going to do it's made up of all the things that you do have control over yeah definitely it's definitely insightful and like a good life lesson to sort of go back and constantly be asking those questions in your head isn't it after or before and after you're about to go through or deal with some type of challenge because I feel like it's something that comes up in our minds but it doesn't come up as consistently as we think as consistently as we need it to it's like a weekly basis really you need to be constantly checking in with yourself going okay what what in this current issue can i control what can i control how can i move forward how can i respond and yeah I, I guess that's the goal of this is just like how can we teach you know, the 24-year-old that's going to work about to have a discussion with the boss on how she wants to grow in the business or how can, you know, the young 16-year-old go back to school and try and move further away from a toxic friendship that she might be in that's causing her to doubt herself. And it's just like that ability 
for them to be able to go in and go, okay, what are the things that I can control here and how do I respond so that I get a positive outcome? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and just keeping your eye on, I mean, I know I said before, you know, that being okay with whatever the outcome is, I, I spend some time there, but then I spend the vast majority of my time focusing on what I want to happen. Yep. You know, I don't, I, I do catch myself occasionally going, yeah, but this might not work out. And then what happens? Yeah. You know, I don't spend much time there. I catch myself there and go, well, let's just focus on what we can and let's just keep driving towards. Because I'm a big firm believer in if you are, if you have everything working in the right direction and you're fixed and focused on what you want to happen, um, you got a really good chance of it happening. You know, the universe and things will align with you if you get if you if you're doing everything that you can, and that's where you're, you know, focusing your energy. Yeah, definitely. Um, another question I had <laughs> was sort of going back to your teaching and what you're currently doing in the teaching in your teaching role. I know you sort of make it fit in with music because music's your passion. But just in regards yeah. to teaching, I had a really good conversation the other day with Glenn around, um, he said, what do you believe is missing in schools? And I just mm. want to see what you think. What do you believe is missing mm. in schools for, in the, I guess, in the view of uh, for a young teenage girl going through high school, what do you believe is missing? Oh, that's a great question. Um off the cuff, I'm probably not going to deliver this very well, but okay. <laughs> if, if we can have, yeah, if we can just have some kind of a program to teach them how to, what they're looking for is not outside of them. It's all in there. It's all inside and they can regulate themselves. You know, when they, when, I, when young women, young girls, and they find themselves, um, feeling like a victim to everything that's happening around them. Oh, she did this yes. to me and he said that to me. And um, I guess the word is resilience and just learning the skills to deal with those things and knowing that actually you can reach a point where nothing out there can get to you if you, if you learn the skills, you know. And it is such a skill, isn't it? It's like this consistent grind away practice skill that will take years and years that yeah. we should have been doing in pretty much starting in primary school and nearly giving them lessons purely based on how to be resilient and overcome adversity. Yeah. And just to be aware yeah. of when they're – because they already have – majority of them all already have resilience. Like majority of them have shown resilience in some shape or form, but they, they don't realise that that's what they have. They just think, it, oh, this is my way of life, so I don't know better. But yeah. they're actually dealing with really poor situations or poor environments and they're already resilient yeah. helping out their siblings or doing things around for their family, which technically as a 13-year-old girl shouldn't really be doing. Yeah. Yeah, they've already yeah. got those those skills, but they, they're not aware of them and then they don't know how to consistently bring them out in other areas of their lives. Yeah. I also want yeah. to ask... Oh, keep going. You go. 
Oh, no, 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 you go ahead. <laughs> I also wanted to ask, how are you going with, um, like, the family and your friends up there and all your support network? How have they been? Oh, they've been amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I moved back to what I call home, which is this sort of central Queensland rural area um, a, a few years ago now. Um and it was kind of a, a reaction to a bro- uh, one of my brothers had a, a really bad farming accident and I hated not being here with the family when that happened. Um, and he's okay now. But it was a real catalyst for me moving back. Um, and it turns out it was a really good decision because it was soon after that that um, everything went down with me and my health. And so um, it's no accident, I don't think. I think... You know, life plays out just the way it's supposed to all the time. And um, for this to be happening right now, you know, I'm in the perfect position. And the people around me have been absolutely incredible. And not just my family, you know. Um, I'll tell you what, today, this this old farmer, um, he, he really keeps to himself and doesn't, he's not really a people person. He, you know, he does his own thing and that's it. But he drove up here today and Molly, you've been to my place. It's, you know, you got to really want to come and visit <laughs> to come here, you know. Yeah, you, like, you nearly need to take compass, like, to come and visit you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, yeah, he turns up here and his, his old four-wheel drive and walks in with an envelope, which was full of cash and just said, Missy, I, I, I couldn't get to your fundraiser. It's not really my scene, but here's some money. And I just want to, I just wanted to do something to help you get back on your feet and get the help you need. And oh, it just melted me, you know, to be around people like that who just, they just want to do their bit to help. And um, probably what that's been one of the biggest learning curves of this whole thing has been really understanding how help works. Yeah, you know, course. I've been I've been little miss independent my whole life, and yeah. and because I've lived a really blessed life, I, I haven't really had to ask anyone for help. I've sort of just managed everything on my own pretty well. But I can't do this by myself, you know. Um, and at the same time that I really need help, it, it's just the way it is. There's all these people who want to help because the people who care about you and they need to do something to help you. Yeah, definitely. And, and I've learned that I just got to get out of the way and, and let them help me because that's, it's, you know, it's kind of a flow. Especially I need help up they there. Need. Yeah. Especially up there. They'd be, all be like, get out of the way, go sit down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's been really cool. It's, um, yeah, they, they put on a big fundraiser for me a couple of weeks ago and it was just a big charity auction and they were raising money for me to go overseas to Thailand and, get some treatment to try and get this cancer under control. So, yeah, I am so well supported by my people. That's so good to hear. It always yeah. seems when you're at home you're just so much happier around mm, everyone up I do there. Love. Yeah. Just a bit off topic, yeah. what is your favourite book at the moment? Oh, oh, let me see. I'm actually reading a book at the moment by Caitlin Cady called Heavily Meditated. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Really? Yeah. The, yeah, the name I mean, is like makes you catch your breath a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like what it's not. But um, yeah, Heavily Meditated. I'm getting into a bit of, um, 
you know, meditation is one of those things where I'm, I think we're all just kind of on a, on our own little learning journey with it. Definitely. Um, and I always feel like I'm not doing a very good job. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm always trying. I'm always trying to learn. Yeah. Is it just like purely on sort of mindfulness? Like- yeah, pretty much. Um, but you know, I, um, I often, just on Netflix the other day, as you know, and I know you are too, huge fan of Brene Brown. <laughs> yes. And, um, and I just had to watch her talk the other day on, I've seen it three or four times, but it's just so good. <laughs> Isn't She's it? She's just amazing. Yeah. She's literally changed so much for me. Just yeah. her messages came through and like you said, nothing happens sort of off the cuff. Everything sort of happens for a reason. And I truly believe that also. But just the timing of her sort of message and her research coming into my life has just sort of opened up all of these avenues and doors for me to learn more about myself and learn so much mm-hmm. that I had no idea that I had no idea that I had these different types of values sort of entrenched in me from my childhood just I had no idea about my insecurities I always knew that they were there but then I didn't I wasn't able to put a name to them Mm. and really go in and sort of learn about how they sort of came into fruition and all of her work has just really opened up that for me which is yeah been scary emotionally but at the same time just being like completely changed the way I respond to things, change the way I look at how I how I am, how I communicate yeah. with people. More so yeah. with the courage, like putting myself out there. I was so afraid of what people thought. And then her work has yeah. really just just said it so clearly, like, you know, they're not the critics who count. And then from there sort of things have started to happen, positive things ever since. Yeah. She sort of came into my life. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll go through and edit all this anyway. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, and her stuff on, I just think her work on vulnerability. I mean, probably one of the biggest things I've realised is that vulnerability is such a strength. You You know, it's, and all my conversations with people, you know, the more vulnerable you get, the better it is. You know, I just love it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I've found it that um, being around, sort of since I've changed my circle, I'd say, being around sort of more positive people, it was really interesting when I first started coming into the gym. I said in my last podcast, it would take about 10 seconds for your conversation to go beyond the surface level. And I was just mm. not used to that. I was so used to that yeah. surface level of, hey, how are you? How have you been? What's been going on? How's your week been? Um, we're here. It's, what are you reading? What are you doing this week? What are your goals? Yeah. How have you been responding yeah. to that? Just really deep questions. Yeah. So I agree. She's just changed everything for me, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. She, she really is remarkable and she – the, the work she has done and that she has managed to reach so many people with such valuable information is just priceless. So true. Yeah. So I guess sort of to finish off, I've got one more question and it is what are your current sort of next? So you, 
when I speak to you, you always have something in the pipeline. <laughs> yeah. You always have a next goal or a next, and this is what I love about you, you'll always have another aspiration or a complete like curveball coming in going, actually, I'm just going to go do this. Like I remember when we spoke once and you were like, oh, I'm actually going to go and work um, doing helicopter mastering. And I was just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're like yep I'm just gonna quit teaching and I'm just gonna do that for it. like you've just got no fear and I love that about you um <laughs> and so I want to know what I guess what are the next sort of goals for you what are the next sort of things in the pipeline that you're sort of hoping to achieve <laughs> funny you should ask <laughs> <laughs> well it's a funny thing you know because um you know being given the diagnosis that I have you know I guess the future is so uncertain and sometimes I think maybe I shouldn't be making too many plans because, you know, if, if I don't get to do them, I might be disappointed. Then I go, you know what, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is life 100%. and, you know, yeah, that's it and nobody's future is certain. So anyway, I decided I'm just going to keep planning and um, <laughs> I think once I get home from treatment, which will be at the end of the year, if I can get out of the country, which yeah. is my current job. <laughs> so after I get over to Thailand and have the treatment and come back, and hopefully I'm quite a lot healthier, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna down downsize and get rid of lots of things that I don't need. Just stuff, you know. Yeah. I love to travel really light, and yes. I think it will be a four wheel drive and a camper van, and Stop I'm just it. gonna get rid. Really yeah, I'm going to get really mobile. Um, I'm going to face one of my fears, which is doing solo music, I think. Yes, which, you Even are. the thought of it <laughs> makes me a bit, oh, it really puts butterflies oh, in my stuff. That's so but exciting. That, you know, whenever I feel that, it's a sign that I should probably do it. Yep. Um, I'm going to write some songs. I'm going to sing them for people. And I also want to get my road train license because <laughs> I'd like to. You follow the harvest. I want to follow a harvest for a season or two if I yes. like it. And just um, you know, go down to the to the wheat belt down in New South Wales and and watch them take off hundreds of thousands of tons of wheat and and just be a part of that food chain. Yeah, yeah. Man, you always like like I said every time we have this. <laughs> I put this question out there. You've always got the best answers and they are such curveballs that I'd never expect like helicopter mustering road train license teacher solo music artist <laughs> no one yeah. could ever pull that out of a hat so I just love that about you I think that's such an awesome quality thanks mate <laughs> that's all right um all right well I'm gonna finish up the recording hopefully I know how to cancel all this random stuff out <clears throat> but I just want to say thank you it's, oh, that's okay. it's a massive help for me and I want I want everyone that listens I want everyone that listens on the weekend you know whether it's by themselves or with their daughter I want them all to hopefully get something out of it and I definitely think your story impacts a lot of people and shines oh, a huge light on your mental strength and how you respond to challenges and overcome them Yep. So the end goal, hopefully, is that during the week, um, 
you know, a mother and daughter hop in the car on their way to school and they've got a 10-minute clip of something that we're focusing on for the week, maybe values or boundaries or body image or social pressures at school or, you know, responding to negativity or criticism. And then on our weekends, we're going to have interviews. So you'll be our first weekend interview. (laughs) And thank you for today's conversation with Beck Olsen. Oh, thanks for having me, Lordy. It was really nice catch up. <laughs> I know it's so good, and hopefully we'll um we'll have a chat soon. Yeah, cool, mate. Sounds good. Well, there you have it, guys. So some of the main takeaways I took from that with Beck was definitely the how you respond to a situation is probably your biggest barrier and what you really need to focus on. And the other thing is just diving in. She just dives into discomfort and is happy to be uncomfortable. And it's definitely something that I think we all can take away from this podcast. Something that we all need to learn how to do better because so many opportunities have come from being able to dive into the uncomfortable, courage over comfort moments and making things happen for ourselves. Signing up for today, thanks so much for joining us and I will see you soon. You've been listening to the Challenge Her podcast with Morgan Tioka. Follow, rate and share to help empower and educate young women.